It's time for the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. With over 20 years experience talking smack to each other and good at cracking cold ones and talking football, this is your favorite source for fantasy football wisdom. And now, here's your hosts, Charlie and Bryce. Gentlemen, Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Bryce, not Porky the Pig, not Elmer the Fud, but this is Bryce, and I'm sitting across the room. Yeah, I I feel like I this feels really weird because you didn't you didn't even say our podcast name. You always say it. You always say this is unsolicited advice. Oh yeah, that's with right. With Charlie and Bryce, yeah. and you just skipped it, and I felt like all right. You want you want to do that over? Should I do it? Re do it again? Well, yeah, do it again. Okay. I'm not. Right. I'm not All gonna right. go back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is unsolicited advice with Charlie and Bryce. As always, I am Bryce, not Porky the Pig, not Elmer the Fud. It's not Elmer the Fud. <laughs> but uh, I'm sitting across from Charlie, who's sitting here as a happier than a clam. Happier than a clam. Charlie, the boys look good. They got a dub wild card weekend. Happy as a clam and shit, as they say. That's a good one, too. That's a good one. Um, Yeah, we did get a dub. Big Cock Brock. Once again. Looked great. Rocking out. Yep. Um, Bryce. Charlie. I'm happy we've made it this far. Yeah. Um, Let's, uh, let's just dive right into it. Let's do it. Let's talk some football. Let's do it. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. All right. So, Charlie, what I do want to address first is the coaching carousel. Yep. And we'll just get that out of the way. There's not really much to report here. There are a couple more offensive coordinator positions that are open, but no one has been hired yet, Charlie. So, though, there has been a ton of interviews and the carousel is very much twirling at full speed right now. There's not really much to report because there's... Still a lot up in the air. Is that is that yeah. pretty spot on? I guess what would be new is that the Chargers fired Joe Lombardi there. And the Bucks fired oh, Byron Leftwich. Yes. So there's some things I to talk about are, when we get to those games. Besides like teams that are hiring new head coaches, I think outside of that there are seven OC. Offensive positions. coordinators, yeah. 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 Open. yeah. A couple D coordinators as well, obviously, that has still yet to been like that's what that's what's crazy is that like like I said, the carousel is going and it's going full speed because everyone's interviewing right now. But well, the Browns are hiring. They just that's right. They did do that was that's probably about the only one that's actually been hired though, right? Yep. And then one um, that is trending towards being hired are the Patriot. I really think this is genius. The, the Patriots, Bill Belichick thing. Oh, sorry, Bill, Bill O'Brien. O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Patriots are going to probably hire Bill yeah. O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. They who's talked been about in that, that last offense. year though, didn't they? They did, but. Here's why it makes sense. One, he's already been the OC right before he got the head coaching job with the Houston Texans. Two, he coached Mac Jones at Alabama. Yeah. So it's, I mean, this is going to be. I'm surprised it's took him this long to get it done. Yeah. But I heard that they also interviewed someone else for their offensive coordinator position. I'm sure they did. I don't remember who it was. It was someone, it was an ex-player who's on a staff right now, not as an OC, but as a position coach. I think some of the bigger news that actually is solid 
is some of the guys that are bowing out of the head coaching carousel. So yep. Ben Johnson, offensive coordinator for the um, Lions. Or, yep. He has decided he's going to stay um, with the Lions. Good move for him. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, like, I, I 100% agree with it. I think, you know, he was trending towards the Panthers big time. Big Carolina guy, born and raised there, went to UNC. Like, but I think... I think he understood he needs more experience. And yep. I think for his career path, like think about how, how bad people were pretty clamoring over him this year. Like it's all, if they reproduce the same type of output next year, he'll be right back in the carousel. I mean, it's again. very much like D'Amico Ryan's D'Amico Ryan's was asked for a second interview with the Vikings when he said, you know what? Uh, um, never yeah. mind. I, I want to stay I'm not quite ready. Um, and then, uh, who else, someone else just bowed out. Oh, Adrod Mayo linebackers coach for the Patriots right now. He decided he's going to stay with the Patriots. Jim Harbaugh, big fish, Jim Harbaugh. Yes. The big fish. He, uh, I wonder if some of his, like what I would call screening interviews. Yeah. If they didn't either go well, or he was just like, you know what? There's not a team that I absolutely love that I want to go to. Yeah. Um, so he's staying. I don't think he was Michigan. like fully committed. Like I know no, he, you might be he right. liked the Carolina job, but they yep. didn't even get a chance to interview him in Carolina. So it was like, I, I don't know. I don't think he was fully committed to coming back. And I think he really understands. He's got a good gig at Michigan. Yeah. He's got a really good gig. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of surprising. Like I said, the carousel's going around and around and around right now. Oh, and now. Sean McVay is staying. He is yeah, returning that's to right. be the head coach of the Rams. That's so. right. Um, and firing everyone. Pretty much. Yeah, he's... Now, Raheem Morris might be hired as a head coach somewhere. Yep. Um, but, but yeah. parting ways with a lot of a lot of people on that set. Yeah, Under- is, understandably so. I think part so. of the reason why he didn't... He really had to consider coming back or not. Because yeah. it's like, damn, this is going to be a tough offseason. Yeah. You got to clear um, house sometimes. Yeah. You know, I got to start from scratch. But, yeah, I agree. Um... Like I said, I think it's been an interesting week so far. There's really not much to report. A lot of rumors, a lot of Twitter people tweeting and doing what they do and just kind of multiple sources leaking out Stoking information. Stoking the fire. Yeah. Stirring the pot a little bit. Absolutely. But nothing concrete. No, no, no real evidence. But just to get, I mean, just because it's being talked about, I, I cannot imagine we've gotten this far talking about this in this podcast right now and not mention the fact that all of a sudden Sean Payton seems like a hot candidate for the Panthers and it seems more realistic than we could have possibly imagined. Yeah, I mean, at one time, Jay Glazer said no shot in the world. Darren Sharper, too. Yeah, that um, he would go there. And I sent you a tweet uh, earlier from... That was the Darren Sharper one, right? Roman Harper. That's what I meant, sorry. Roman Harper. But yeah, that Roman Harper, really close to Sean Payton... Uh, and said that Sean Payton's actually really interested in that job with Carolina. And if compensation worked out, it sounds like the Saints would be open to it as well. Sounds like the Saints don't give a shit where he goes. They just want a first-round draft pick, which they gave up, obviously. Um, so it sounds like that's all they're looking for, is just to get that draft pick back uh, in any way, shape, or form. My question, though, like if we're, if we're going to go into the Panthers here for a second... You know, Peyton's meeting with Tepper in Manhattan on Friday, okay? Te- Tepper's going to open up that wallet and let let uh, Sean Peyton know, like, look, I got I got all the kind of money that you would ever want. 
Dude, that, that's that's the thing. The two teams that have the real money mm-hmm. are the Panthers and the Broncos. Yeah. So, and I sent you this tweet earlier today, and I still haven't made up my mind. And the tweet said, and it was a poll, and the tweet said, if, as a Panthers fan, if you had to give up your 2023 ninth overall pick in the first round, would you rather give it up for Sean Payton or take your, like, whatever quarterback falls to you at nine? So you're not moving up. It's just you got to take whatever's left at nine and pick from whatever's best there. I don't know what my answer is, but I'm leaning Sean Payton at that point. I'm probably leaning Sean Payton. Only because there are too too. many teams before nine that are probably... I really like C.J. Stroud, and I think he would be a really good fit in Carolina. If we keep the same type of system, that is. And so that's why I think... I. I don't know that he's there at nine if if that would happen. So it sounds like it sounds like the Saints want a first round mid to late first round draft pick for Sean Payton. It doesn't sound like they are committed to that being a 2023 first round draft pick. They are open to it being a 2024 draft pick. So if the Panthers got Sean Payton for a 2024 first round draft pick. I'd be I think I'd be okay with that at this point. And then use whatever ammunition that we have from the Christian McCaffrey deal to go up. Or my question is this if you're Sean Payton, the first thing I'm asking him is, can you make Sam Donald work? Can you make Sam Donald work for one more year and take your chances again in twenty twenty four when presumably the quarterback class might be better? I, I don't want to get too much into that because you know, half six here, half a dozen there. Like you'll never know the quarterback classes until five years from now. So I feel like that's unfair to compare them right now. You know what I mean? Honestly, like we don't know what Trey Lance is yet. I think that there are probably before going with Sam Darnold. I think that there are veteran. They're going to be veteran quarterbacks that he would be interested in, a la Lamar. Lamar, Lamar, right. Carolina. But honestly, like <laughs> I was thinking, like Derek Carr, Jimmy G. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean it's his quarterback of the future or whatever. But. Right, right. And that's that's <laughs> my thing, too. It's like, what's the difference in Sam Darnold to Derek Carr? In my opinion, there is none. Honestly, I, I might stick with Darnold at that point only because, you know, I think we know who Darnold is. If Darnold has a clean pocket, Darnold can make all the throws. He's got the arm talent. Where it's not that Derek Carr doesn't, but, like, I don't know. I, I just I don't see... The difference, like I wouldn't give up a whole ton to go get Derek Carr or Jimmy G, if Sean Payton thinks he can make Sam Donald work. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like that. That that doesn't compute in my brain. Well, I think you'd be giving up a lot more for Derek Carr than you would for Jimmy. Right. One. Jimmy's a free agent and will be. It sounds like Fitterer, our GM, still truly believes in Matt Corral. So I'm not so certain that the Panthers even draft a quarterback at this point. They really may not. If, if, in my opinion, if you go out and you get a veteran offensive coordinator like Sean Payton, I think they would stick with someone, the Sam Donald, Matt Corral, and whoever you want to be for that third option. If they got one of these young offensive coordinators, I don't know what they would do. So it sounds like, in my opinion, Tepper wants... Either Sean Payton 
Or now that Ben Johnson's out, I think it's Steve Wilkes with Frank Reich signed up as his offensive coordinator, which is really interesting to me. Yeah. And I would kind of be into that because I do think Frank Reich is still a good offensive coordinator. I talk, We talked about this before. I think Frank Reich got the dirty end of the stick with his terrible quarterback situation, and I think just things just spiraled out of control. For sure. Um, and so if that was the case, I don't know <laughs> what they would do at quarterback, but I feel like Sam Darnold showed to us with a clean pocket, he can be okay. Like, he can be Derek Carr. He can be Jimmy G. And so... I don't know. I, again, what it all, the quarterback situation at this point all depends on what they're going to do as a head coach. I do find it interesting, though, that they have interviewed Vic Fangio and they have interviewed the Broncos guy, Evero. Uh, they have interviewed several defensive coordinators, potential defensive coordinators, to get paired up with a young offensive mind if that's the way that they go. So they're definitely doing their research, and I very much appreciate that. It seems odd on the surface, but if you think about it, it does make sense depending on what, you know, kind of being able to at least know what all the cards, where all the cards lie, yep. it should, I should say. So I appreciate the amount of due diligence that they're doing here, um, but it just feels like if no one's really making a move right now, and I, I want to shut up about this. No one's really making a move right now, but... Sooner than later, if you want to go get your guy, you're going to have to go get him pretty soon. Because these teams, I know there's only five, but these guys are going to start making decisions on these people pretty quickly here. Yep. Um, in GM news, Titans hired uh, 49ers uh, director of player personnel, Rand Carthon. And... Do you know he was an ex-player? Yes. yes I, I didn't did. know that. I, lo- I had to... I know you asked me yeah. while I was working... And then you said something snarky like, oh, so you know nothing about it. Yeah, 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 I did. And I didn't even respond. I was yeah, like, yeah. shut the fuck yeah. up, right? Um, no. Uh, he, he does have a really big – he has a really good background, though. Like, yeah. director he was, uh, pro he scout, director spent of spent a lot of time with uh, Thomas Dimitrov with the Falcons. Yep. yep. Which is uh, – I mean, t- good Thomas scout. Dimitrov is yeah, he's, great. Yeah. I thought um, he was a good GM. And um, <clears throat> who else got hired? It was for the – Another, another, um, he was with the Rams for a little bit. No, another GM just got hired. What? T- oh, the, the Cardinals just hired Monty Austin Fort from, I don't, I don't even remember where Monty Austin Fort he was came with, from. He worked with that guy. No. R- ran, worked with that guy. No, no, just for, I'm saying another GM hire. Right now. Oh, 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 oh. The Cardinals oh, oh, oh. just replaced yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve Kime with Monty yeah. Austin Ford. That was quick, too. That was, they seemed to kind of yeah, and he, pull the trigger and on that Austin pretty Ford came out and had a press conference talking about, we're not going to tolerate egos. And I think Who do you sending, think he's talking about there? I think he's sending a loud <laughs> message. And I think also, maybe D-Hop, too, though. I, I was going to say, maybe I think D-Hop. a couple of guys. And the, So, what's really interesting is that the, the Cardinals are going to have a lot of money tied up in... Players over thirty years old. Yeah. There, there's going to be a lot of turnover. And on a quarterback the who's roster. coming off an ACL tear. Well, he's not going anywhere. He's not going to go anywhere. Well, yet he's just not going to. Yeah. The amount of money they're giving him. The amount he hundred three million guaranteed, 
and it's really more like 190 million guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not going anywhere. They're going to have to make it work with him. Um, D hop will likely get moved. Um, but they have a ton of players that are going to, that ha- they have some money tied up. That I don't want to say they blow it up or over there. Is, well, but they, they're going to get a lot younger. They need to. They're going to have probably seven or eight guys that are over 30 that are going to be gone. And it's going to free up a lot of money for them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I thought Monty and Austin Ford was a good hire. I'm excited for his opportunity because there are some good, there are some really good pieces with the Cardinals. They'll just have to tie all together. Um, one last thought on Rand Carthon. Um, That'll give the Niners another compensatory draft pick. Yeah, you guys just stack them up. Yeah, we you just stack them up. We just we just develop minorities and yeah, pump them out to be either executives or or head coaches. And that's how you got Christian McCaffrey right there. Yeah, by by that alone. Right. That's how you had the trade compensation because we got we had compensatory picks from Martin Mayhew, the executive that went to the. So now um, everything that you essentially Washington. traded to us, you're getting right back. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, and then with, with D'Amico. Yeah. And we're still getting compensatory picks this year from some of last year's mm-hmm. hires. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. We just. And you'll get picks for Jimmy G more than likely. Yep. No. 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 He'll He's be a RFA. Agent. He'll be a free agent. Uh, oh, okay. Un- okay. UFA. Uh, yeah. Unrestricted. Yeah. Okay. Um, so. But you know what? Wouldn't be surprised if we get some picks for Trey Lance. But that's another conversation for another day. Whoa. Um, all right. Um, all right. Charlie, let's talk about who's having a good week here, buddy. Yeah, let's do it. Charlie, you know who's having a good week? Tell me who's having a good week. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys having a good week. You and I both know it's not even the fact that, like, I don't even, I, and that this is kind of, like, if you're a Cowboys fan, I'm not going to say I feel sorry for you because I'll never say that. But, like, I do understand if you are frustrated because it feels like, Although people gave Dak credit for playing well in this game, I don't feel like they gave the Cowboys enough credit for as much shit as they were getting leading into this game for playing on a grass field. Their defense won't be the same. Dak's has he's been in the dumps recently. Blah 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 blah. Throwing it on, and they come out and they look really good here. Now we'll talk about this game later on. But for the Cowboys to come out and respond, and respond very well. I mean, they controlled this game from start to finish. Oh, yeah. And they didn't blow it. it the Bucks never really got back into this thing. Um, the only drama in this game was if fucking Brett Maher was going to make an extra point or not. Yeah, yeah. It and was, he stayed in and, and never did. It was intriguing. Yeah, he did. He got his he, fifth. His oh, fifth, okay. All his right. fifth extra point attempt he made. But it was intriguing television. I tell yeah. you what, dude. Yeah. I told Lily... I texted you. I said, that's going to lose them the game. It, and when it was 24 nothing, it's like, shit, this is still a three-score game. Yeah. Bucks go down, score a touchdown, couldn't get the two-point Completely conversion. different game. But it was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, that was something else. Yeah. It was, it was hard to watch, but you couldn't look away. You yeah. had to – I mean, if the first time Brett Maher goes on the field – to kick for some points, whether it's an extra point or a field goal against the 49ers, it is going to be must watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I don't know if you saw, they signed a kicker to their practice squad today. Yeah. Tristan Vizcayano, but yeah, I don't, all right. I want to say, I want to save some for when we talk about that game, but Cowboys, in my opinion, had a good week responding well to the game atmosphere. 
Who's your good week? Well, let me just, since we're there, my bad week is Brett Maher. Oh, there you go. That works. So. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um, there you go. No, just yeah, what's crazy thought. too is that he's had a really good year, especially fantasy wise. I had he, him on fantasy. He did really. He had over. He made had like one hundred and twenty points. He made fifty-two of fifty-five extra points this year, which was a, a league high in attempts. Yeah. So he missed three extra points all year out of fifty-five tries. Missed four in one game. Missed five in a row because he missed the last, the last extra point the, yeah. against uh, the Commanders last week. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild. And you know what? It's going to be so far in his head, and all week people are going to be coming up to him being like, yo, you're going to be fine. It's like, well, why the hell are you telling me that? Yeah. Because obviously something's, something's, something's wrong. Something's wrong, yeah. yeah. Um, they brought in a kicker, which has got to be in his head. I mean, there's going to be – he's going to really have to do a little reset this week. God forbid if he misses one kick, no matter what it is, PAT field goal, man, the announcer's announce going to be all over him. And he'll know – Everyone, if like say say they go down, score a touchdown on the first drive. The extra points going to be must watch TV, and he yeah. will know that everyone is watching. Yeah, no one went up it to the go get a beer from the fridge, go yeah. get some snacks. Everyone's sitting there <laughs> holding their pee in. Yeah, I got to see if this guy makes the freaking extra point. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it's interesting. Yeah, tough week for Brett Maher who had an otherwise incredible season. So bad week, Brett Maher. Who's your good week? Dino Dong Daniel Jones. Nice. That's a good one. He had, I mean, probably the best game of his career. Yeah, 100%. And looked incredible from start to finish. Yeah. He really did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they ran his ass off. And, you know, I mean, a lot of it designed, a lot of it him making plays, but he was on the money with his throws. Um, Although this was only a one-touchdown game, it felt like the Giants really had control of this game. Yeah, it felt a little bit longer than that. It felt like a nine-point game. Yeah. like it, it felt like the Vikes had more to come back than just the seven points. But it was uh, an incredible showing by Daniel Jones. Um, great week in his playoff debut. Who's Charlie. Your, who's your bad week? My bad week is the Buccaneers. Yeah. Um, and I know, again, we'll talk about it, and I know it's kind of you know here and there, but just between... Right after the game, they fire Byron Leftwich. Uh, their defense looked like shit all game long. Why am I blanking on the head coach's name? Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles, defensive guy. Their defense looked terrible all all game long. Dak had them figured out from start to finish. Brady looked like shit. He looked old. He got moved off his spot the entire Threw game. Threw the ball sixty six times. Yeah. Yeah. When you only run the ball 12 times in a playoff game, I mean, you can't expect to win. This team has not been able to run the ball all year. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, this was bad week for the Bucs. Bad Bucks. week for the Bucs. You know, and they, now, they didn't deserve and now to be you're in the talking playoffs, about, frankly. No, I agree. Um, and now you're talking about Brady potentially leaving, and if the Bucs are without Brady, pff, they better hit. They better hit the explode button because they might as well just start from scratch at that point. Yep. I mean, they're all old. Devin White's even getting older. I mean, they're they are an older team. They yeah. are an older team, and if Brady leaves, in my opinion, I, and I, I, never mind. I want I'll save it for I'll save it for when we start talking about that game. But okay. uh, I don't want to shoot my shot here. But let's let's go ahead and move into the games because obviously we're chomping at the bit here, Charlie. Uh, I want to pass the buck off to you, <laughs> Seahawks 49ers. Uh, obviously, the Niners go ahead and get. What turned out to be a convincing win, 
Very close in the first half. Hell yeah. Uh, but Charlie, give me your assessment of BCB and playing your divisional foe for the third time in a playoff atmosphere. First time I saw Brock Purdy have some jitters. And he did yeah, in the first he half. He definitely did. Um, but he calmed down and we put up the most points we've done all year. It's the third time in franchise. 41? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're pulling – we've been pulling players when we get to 30-something. Yeah, yeah. In the, I mean, Christian didn't play after he scored. After He didn't play the whole fourth quarter pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of our starters didn't. He, Brock Purdy did get to do the um, victory formation, but yep. um, usually we're pulling him. But that's – so we scored the most points we did all year. This is the third time in franchise history we had more than 500 yards – in a playoff game. Total yards? Yeah, we had 505 total yards. Debo looked good in his return. He sure did. Um, I, I mean, mean, this, this in, in my opinion, this was the epitome of who the San Francisco 49ers are. Dangerous. Right. Just all, Very dangerous. No matter who touches the ball, yeah. danger. They're yak, the Yak Boys are buzzing. Yeah. They are buzzing. Whether it's Ayuk, who had a good, sneaky good game. Kittle, who didn't do much but still had a good game. Yep. CMC, Elijah Mitchell came in and scored two touchdowns, even though his yardage was low. Um, just, just all around. Oh, yeah, all around just a dominating performance. Yeah. What and, was funny to me was how much the Seahawks were celebrating at halftime. And then the Niners just came out and just absolutely destroyed them from start to finish in the second half. And they got another touchdown at the end where we had pulled starters and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I don't know if it was Brock. I, I'd like to go watch the all twenty-two film. Brock definitely had some jitters. He was missing some throws in the first half. But there was a point in time where I thought maybe the Seahawks, the Seahawks have the right concept here for how to slow down. You're not going to stop that Niners offense. How to slow down? I think, unfortunately, Charlie. I think the the blueprint for how to put points on your defense is out there. If someone can expose them or not, that's a completely different story. Like, good luck getting past Nick Bosa, because that, obviously, not many teams have been able to do from start to finish. But I do think the blueprint is out there on how to beat the Seahawks or the Niners' defense. Well, the thing is, we pride ourselves on our run defense. If teams aren't scared to run the ball, and they get our... Defense being very aggressive to the run because we like to stop them, and we were like, "All right, we dare you to run the ball. Run the ball." Then they run the ball. We're aggressive towards it, and boom, our, our we our secondary isn't super strong. We do have an all-pro safety back there. Charvarius Ward has play had actually a great year. However, it seems the past six weeks or so, it's yeah. been hit or miss yeah. with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, Seems to be returning back to his Kansas City ways. The last DK, <laughs> well, actually, last year, he was the most efficient corner with Kansas City, but yeah. he didn't make big plays. Right, right. Um, but, uh, so, the last matchup against the Seahawks a few weeks ago, Charvarius Ward won that battle against DK. Mm-hmm. This time, DK won. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we'll, the ball down the sideline was a really nice play. Yeah, DK's touchdown down the sideline. You know was one of the best spinners of the ball. Yeah, he, he looked really good. He, he he deserves a contract with the Seahawks moving forward. Would you agree it. with that? He will absolutely get it. Yeah. I have no doubt in my mind that Geno will be the quarterback for the Seahawks next year. Um, and really, there's a lot of freaking pieces that the Seahawks should be thrilled about going 
into this year. I mean, they had a hell of a year. draft class. Their rookie draft class this year were studs from start if they, to finish. If they do an all rookie team this year, they're going to have probably five. Who was what's their what's the name of the um, fifth round? Their starting DB, Tariq Woolen. Yeah, a phenomenal he, year. They picked him in the fifth round, Charlie, and he's going to be uh, probably coming second for D-Roy. Yeah, behind maybe Sauce. third, maybe third behind Aiden Hutchinson. But yeah. he's, I mean, he's right up there. Uh, they have they had two rookie offensive tackles start all year, and they played really well. They did, and yeah. they, if there was an all rookie team, those two guys would be on it. Yeah, um, Kenneth Walker is going to be in conversation for O'Roy. I mean, he he sh- he is a fantasy running back moving forward from here on out. So you know what he reminds me of is a uh, when Chris Carson first got drafted. Yeah, that's exactly what Kenneth Walker reminds me of. Exactly the way he runs, his play style. His his playmaking ability, Chris Carson all day. Seattle should be very proud of what they are accomplished this year. Um, going forward now with Kenneth Walker, they're like, wow, we found a running back we love. And you know what they love to do? They love to pound the rock. And you know what happens every year at the end of the year? They run out of running backs. Yeah. So they will be drafting running backs. Probably They're going to have a ton of picks. They have like five picks in the first 85 picks. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of that 85, they'll be finding some running backs that they like, and they're, they're going to boost that stable up. Um, there's a lot to for the Seahawks to be excited about. I was going to say, so what is, what's your viewpoint? I want to do this for every team that got eliminated here. What's your view for the Seahawks moving forward into next year? Just a quick couple points. Like, What do you think they need to address going into next year in order to be better than where they were this year. Defensive line. Yeah, 100%. I was going to say the same exact thing. And they'll find there's pass gonna be, rushing players. There's going to be probably five, 7 or 8 edge rushers in the first round and 5 or 6 D tackles in the first round. Mm-hmm. So there there's going to be plenty for them to pick from. They'll be able to get a couple of probably Dude, they're going to they may have like 11 starters um, total or so, like 11 or 12 guys that are in their first year or two in the league starting next year. Yeah, it's like, it's crazy to think about how many, like you said, how many draft picks they'll have. Because at this point, it feels like they might get one or two starters, but like they're drafting for depth at this point. They're not drafting for, they're not drafting a majority of their starting defense or a majority of their starting offense. Like, and they'll have Jamal Adams coming back now. I think they they need yeah. a better cover safety. Like, yeah, why don't you make Jamal Adams a linebacker at this point in his career? Yeah, yeah. Um, strong safety, something strong safety for sure. But, um, he, yeah, he's not a cover safety. So, but but they they have a lot of good pieces. They're they're looking solid. Maybe some interior offensive line, but really their offensive line played pretty damn well all year. Uh, yeah, I would say you're, maybe some running back depth just because you don't know what DJ Dallas or Rashad Penny are going to be next year. DJ Dallas was a decent compliment to Kenneth Walker this year, so I expect them to keep that moving forward. You know they love Travis Homer as well, but I expect them to get starters on the D-line, whether that's pass rusher or a guy up the middle. I think both. I and think then both. I, I think you know someone to replace Tyler Lockett, I think would be ideal for the Seahawks and re-sign Gino. And honestly, I see him competing for the West next year. You know what I, I don't think is out of the realm of possibility for the Seahawks next year, because they're going to have so much money because they have so such a young team on their first contracts. 
it's very possible we see D Hop and DK in Ooh. Seahawks uniforms. You think so? I think it's a possibility. I don't like that tandem because off the of, top of my head. Because of D Hop's ego, I think it could be a problem. I don't think DK I actually think you know I don't think it's the ego at all. I just don't like I don't like their play styles how they would mix together. Well, DK's got speed. He's a big yeah. boy. Which means I, that you're telling D Hop to be a possession receiver? Is he at that point in his career? Well, I don't think so, but is he, he going to fill the Anquan Bolden role? I think that Geno Smith can do whatever he wants with that ball. Potentially. I mean, I think he can get them both deep. I mean, I mean listen, D Hop getting lined up on your second DB, that would give me nightmares. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. All but right. Well, I, they're going to have money to do whatever they want in the offseason, but they're going to pound the draft hard. They always do. They love the senior bowl guys. They they draft like crazy out of the senior bowl and um it's the the Seahawks are going to be a force next year, I think. And Gino will be their quarterback. I agree. I agree. I would say the last thing to wrap it up here for the Niners. I think the Eagles would be the I, I know that seems cliché, but Eagles are going to be the biggest test for the Niners just because of their style of play on offense. If you get that RPO style offense and are able to draw up those backers and get guys to commit to the run and then drop it over the top, I think that's what's going to give you guys a lot of fits. Whether or not the Eagles Which is make why it, Daniel Jones could potentially right. give us fits too exactly which is again that's what i was gonna say no matter who you play next week obviously the eagles are to me the bigger threat just because their wide receivers are much we got to get through this week yeah but, but but i think that could be something to keep an eye on moving forward here so all right charlie let's let's talk about the craziest game this weekend and that is the chargers versus jaguars uh charlie i didn't think it was possible to blow a 27 point lead apparently it's possible and if you were Ask to guess, Colts. yeah, if you were to guess one team to blow a 27-point lead, top three teams probably be the Chargers. Yep. Uh, uh, top sure. three of the teams that I would guess, guaranteed Chargers would be one of them. Honestly, can I, I, like, I'm not just saying this because I picked the Jags to win, but when they were down 27 nothing, I had zero thought that this game was over. I, I thought really, was, I was like, Dude, this this is not even close to being over. So to me, it was when when I knew that this was going to be a game was when right before halftime, Trevor Lawrence marched down and scored the touchdown, and it was twenty seven to seven. I'm like, this is going to be a game because the Chargers had gotten stopped on on two or three consecutive three and outs, and Trevor was starting to kind of figure it out there after, of course, his four interceptions. Right. Uh, but it seemed like he was trying, starting to figure it out and kind of making his way down there. You know, another Doug Peterson, d- quit quit doing Philly special. You know what I mean? I, we don't need to make all these crazy trick plays. Like, save that shit for the Super Bowl and we'll go from there. Otherwise, just put your fucking nose down and play some football here. But it just seems like he keeps trying to pull a rabbit out of his hat every now and then. And it has yet to work. Um, it has yet to work. I, I get it. Keeps I don't know. He just, pulled, toes, he, just, he just pulled a rabbit out of his hat with this one. Well, he pulled a rabbit out of his ass yeah. for this one, not yeah. out of the hat. The hat might right. have been an easier pull, um, but <laughs> you know, it's I, I don't I I don't know what to say about this game, Charlie. I you know I've been thinking about it, and I I just like 
There's so much to say. And I think the only thing we can say now is that surprisingly, Brandon Staley is going to keep his job. And he has officially fired the offense coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and the passing game coordinator. So um, I don't think this offense is bad. I think the defense is plagued by injuries. And for being a defensive guy, I think they are way more sus than they, they probably should be on defense. I, uh, is it play calling? Is it the Chargers just being the Chargers? I find it weird that if one of their stars is out on offense, it's they just can't re- function. It's really hard for them to yeah, to yeah function. They, they, they their just can't offense. function. Yeah. yeah. Even with arguably one of the top one of the top two backs in the league right now. Yeah. So I mean that that is bizarre. Yeah. And they didn't have a drive worth mentioning because every drive started in positive territory for them. That's in the how they first went half. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and then they only scored three points in the second, in the second half. half. Right. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. That's that was what I think was the most crazy part was that they had all second half and all they could muster up was three points. You scored twenty seven in the first half, although you were in positive positive territory. You still scored 27 points against a decent Jaguars defense. I wouldn't go past decent, though. But it just absolutely insane. And then I did see, I'm sure you saw it as well, Trevor Lawrence goes and celebrates at Waffle House after the game. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, Like I said, Charlie, I don't really know what to say. This game truly baffles me. I still don't really believe. Like, when it was 27 nothing, I was sitting there like, <laughs> I nailed this pick. Like I knew it. I knew I knew the Jags would turtle. I knew this would happen. Blah 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 blah. And it turned. I, in- I had a very good feeling that this that game was far from over. Not just because of how much time was left, but like yeah. Like I I was not concerned yet. If I you had a lot more Chargers, faith than a lot more people. If the Chargers had put together an offensive drive, then I because I, I mean they. They basically scored. I, I, they didn't have to move the ball. Yeah. So yeah, I just I thought that if if Trevor Lawrence can figure out how to not throw it to the other team, that's yeah. all he's got to do. Yeah, yeah. And he figured it out. Yeah. And then he threw four touchdowns. I, I again, I'm I feel like I'm speechless. I don't I don't really know what to say else about this game. Um, Chargers moving forward. Yeah, they fired their OC because they couldn't fire their DC, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Which it's Brandon still Staley really surprising DC. that they didn't fire Staley. Yeah, I really, I really surprised. If you knew that you could go, probably go get Sean Payton right now, I I just don't understand why you don't do that. I don't understand that. Um, if I was the GM, I'd fire Staley, I'd fire the rest of the staff, and I would do whatever it took to go get Sean Payton, knowing how interested he was in this job. I'd go get him right away. Here's I would have gone thing. and gotten him Here's right away. Here's the thing about Sean Payton. A GM bringing Sean Payton on, that GM is likely going to relinquish his duties. True. Very true. And so, like, I think of the Texans. Nick Casario, the GM for the Texans, he said, he said something that made a lot of sense to me. He's like, I will say as GM, as long as the head coach we hire wants me to stay as GM. And if it's Sean Payton, Nick Casario's gone. That's why, so the Texans, just I'm just 
since we're talking about it, the Texans are hiring or they've everyone they are interviewing will be a first time head coach except for Sean Payton. Yeah. And I think they're interviewing Sean Payton just to tell the fans, hey, we we you know, we we thought we had a chance. We, we yeah. but but he didn't want us. Yeah. I I think that's just for optics. They're not really trying to get Sean I mean, they would love to get him. They, I just don't think they will. And they probably know that. Everyone else will be a first time head coach and I think it's partly because Nick Syria wants to stay. And it's likely yeah. he will if it's a first-year head coach. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think another part of this game was Joey Bosa and how immature he was acting. Did you see his comments after the game? No. Talking about the referee, the, re- the officiating, how inconsistent they were. Basically, so you saw his temper tantrum, obviously, oh, yeah. right? And so, and he has a point where he got flagged. And it was a pretty severe flag only because it ended up leading the Jaguars to move up, which gave them the attempt at the two-point conversion, which then either tied the game or put them up. I, I don't remember which one. So it was a big deal. It was a really big deal. Tied. And Joey Bosa tie, is acting like a child, honestly. But after the game, he made statements like, oh, well, you know, if I make a comment on the officiating, I'm going to go get fined you know, $40,000, but if they go make a terrible call, they're not going to get reprimanded in any sort of way. Now, he made some comments otherwise that made it sound like he was a diva, kind of like the world was or, or uh, surrounding him. Like, it just wasn't good optics for the Bosa family. But in the same sense, if you just read what he said straight up, he has a point. The officiating's been terrible. It the officiating's been, been terrible. There I appreciate to, these expedited there, reviews. There needs to be consequences for the refs. But the, it's been awful. And one of his temper t- and maybe that main temper tantrum was because they missed a false start. Yes. Poor, awful false start. Yeah. I mean, it was so clear. And that, that was, was a false the temper start. tantrum. And that they were on like the three yeah. or whatever it was. So, it, it, yeah. It just feels like there's a lot that's been kind of let go this year. That shouldn't be. And in the playoffs, they're going to let a lot more go. Right, but in instances, that it just seems like these penalties are w- a lot more obvious than right. ticky-tack stuff that could yeah. go both ways. It's now seems very clear. A, it seems like they're staying ticky-tack on the on the roughing the passer calls. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins can tell you that. Yeah. All right, anything else about this game, Charlie? I don't think so. All right, let's go into first Sunday game, Dolphins-Bills. A lot closer than what the Bills would probably like this game to have been. Yeah. But we both know it is tough to beat a divisional foe three times, even though they only beat them twice. It's it's still tough to play the divisional foe three times. Charlie, there's a, a lot of different storylines here that we can address. Do you want to start with Bills or Dolphins? I just want to say, Scholar Thompson, another seventh-round rookie. Um, Didn't play bad. He had over 300 passing yards. Yeah, not not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Um, I think the Bills are kind of playing soft for the majority of the game. But, yeah. But, you know. He made enough plays to keep him in it. It was crazy. Is that he but did. it seemed like every play was like a strain almost. It, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, yeah. There was nothing that looked easy. Yeah. So, in, in going into that, he threw for 300 yards. How 
Jalen Waddle had two awful drops, mm-hmm. like bombs, perfectly placed balls yeah. that were drop, very easy drops that left Skylar Thompson. Like you can't put the ball any better. Right between Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, they both had a lot of drops in this game, and it really left them a lot. I mean, Skylar a lot shorter Thompson, than what they probably should have been. His best throws were dropped. Yeah, yeah, but he did, really did have some good looking throws. He looked his best. Yeah, um, you know who didn't? Mike McDaniel. All game long, Charlie, you saw it just like I did. The, the The Dolphins were snapping the ball at zero seconds on the play clock. It was all game long. It was zero or one second on the play clock. All they, game they long. They probably used four timeouts all game just because of that. Yeah. yeah. And they got two, uh, at least two delay games. And most of the time it was because Mike McDaniel, it's like he was looking, I think, who called this game? Tony and... Yes. And Tony, I think, Jim said Nance. it. Yeah. I think Tony said it, and it made perfect sense. It seemed like Mike McDaniel was looking for the perfect play call on everyone, yeah. and it was just late getting the play in. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, damn, dude. You... Yeah. The, just get get the get the play. Get a, play, get, get get a, a play, play in. in. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, I agree. And that's, and that's what was crazy is that it was all game long. It never changed. Uh, and it, it just seemed to continuously go on and on. And like you said, they burned several timeouts doing that. Even the most important play of the game, Charlie, they line up fourth and what? I think fourth one. Fourth and one. Fourth and one. And they, now Mike McDaniel says that he thought they were given the first down. Okay. Even though they weren't. Let but it seemed to us, it was very clear it why, was not a first why down. Why does that matter, though? Because it's not like the play, co- it's not college. Right. You don't get time to reset the chains and well, that, shit. Well, that's what's crazy is that it was fourth and one and they reset the play clock and he still couldn't get the damn play call in. And so what, were you looking for the perfect play for first down? I, like what? Yeah. Why is that an excuse? No, I, I agree. Under, I did not understand that excuse. I, I agree. I, I think it's a lame duck excuse for sure. Um, Fourth and one, they end up getting the delay of game penalty. Now it goes fourth and six. They get stopped. Boom, basically game over at that point. Yep. And and I agree. I think it's a lame duck excuse, and it happened all game long. And it was it was basically the topic of the discussion. I think that alone was the reason why the Dolphins lost. In a lot of these games, Charlie, it came down to coaching. Besides Niners, Seahawks, the rest of this game, you could point at each loser and say it came down to coaching. Maybe not Bengals-Ravens, but... Don't get me started on Greg Roman because I would have a lot of things to say about that. All right. But in this instance, absolutely came down to coaching and a lack of playoff experience here. I don't know. I feel like coaching calls, you could argue that coaching calls lost the Ravens that game, but we, we'll we get into yeah. it here. Yeah, you soon. could. You could. Um, Charlie, I still don't understand. I, I Why can't the Bills fucking run the ball and run the ball consistently? I don't understand. It's not their offense. It seems to be, is it their offensive line? Is it Shula who's making the calls? I, what is it? Why can't they run the it's ball? Dorsey. Dorsey. Sorry, I always, keep, I always, I always get them mixed up. Both, both ex-Panther guys. Why can't they run the ball with consistency? I, I just don't, whether it's a draw or, or running Josh, I just don't understand. They just continuously put it all on Josh Allen's shoulders. It's I don't like, think they have the right running backs. And I said that. And I thought it was. You don't so, think Devin Singletary is a good back for their sh- offense? Sure, but I don't think he should be a 
I don't think they have a workhorse. I think the closest thing they had to a workhorse was Zach Moss, and they traded him for another guy like fucking Singletary. James and, Cook. Yeah. yeah and Naheem James Hines, Cook. who they barely put back there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think um, little, little bit, um, I, I just don't think it's what their offense, they, they need a better running back. In my and, opinion, they, they need to be able to flip the switch and go run the ball. Yeah. Because it just seems like even when they do have a designed run play, their offense is, their offensive line is getting stood up at the line of scrimmage. It's like they're just so used to dropping back that they're their most run effective back. run is a draw yeah. because their guys are dropping back in past sets and James Cook is quick enough to kind of find. And that's why I think their backs right now, in my opinion, match how they run the ball because they don't run the ball downhill. It's all back up and then run five yards or Josh Allen, take it by yourself. Yep. I, like it's gonna kill them. It's gonna kill them in one way or another. It will kill them at some point. All right. Well, I'm a let's let me just talk about uh, going forward for Miami. Um, obviously, they had a great season. Although they did the opposite of the Brian Flores season, where Brian Flores starts really slow and then turned it on in the end. They won five in a row, lost five in a row. One. I, I mean, it was it was a weird season. They have great pieces. Two up. I mean, I, he is expected to play next year. Is is, is all I really want to say about it. Um, do I think they draft a quarterback? I think it's very possible. Do they go out and get one of these veteran quarterbacks that are going to be available? I think it's very possible because this is. They clearly can't count on Tua playing 17 games. If he gets one more concussion, I think he, he's got to retire. Any type of serious injury i i just don't see the longevity in his career no right if he has like a leg injury though i'm not as concerned about that if he has another concussion like in order for him to live a normal life he will have to retire he needs to do everything he possibly can to avoid getting another head injury he is really playing a dang i don't mean football but he's playing a very dangerous game by trying to keep playing when he had two concussions and two weeks followed by a third later on. And I don't know how many he had in college, but I just wouldn't be surprised if Skylar Thompson's the starting quarterback next year to start the year only because at some point Tua steps away from the game Okay, for, for an undisclosed amount of time. But I just wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the off season Tua steps away from the team officially for okay. to focus on his health. I just wouldn't be surprised. Well, that's, We'll keep our eye on that. Um, but really, Miami has a lot of pieces in place. They have their receivers. They have their offensive line is pretty stout. They've got great pieces on the defense. Um, they could probably get some linebackers, but they, they really do have a lot of great pieces. And um, they need a quarterback that's going to start all 17 games that can sling it to these guys. And um, they've got running backs. So they, they've got a lot of things going on. And I think they'll be set up to have another good year next year. Um, let's move on. Let's do it. All right, but let's move on to um, probably the most competitive game of the weekend. Um, maybe second competitive game of the weekend. Giants-Vikings. It was overall a good game. It was overall a good game. I thought both teams played well. 
Um, this is, I thought it would be a little bit more high scoring, obviously with our picks. Um, but not surprised. I don't think any one of us are surprised that the giants won this game. Right. I mean, I don't think any one of us should be surprised. Giants came out and they played well. They stuck to their game plan and they did exactly what they talked about wanting to do last week. And it felt like. Uh, you know, if the Vikings convert that fourth down, that they might go down and, and have a chance for a touchdown. But, you know, they the Vikings were marching. You know, I don't, I don't want to – we'll talk about the fourth down play itself for the Vikings there. But the Vikings were marching their way down, even though they probably shouldn't have – they probably shouldn't have won this game because of how well the Giants played and how well Dayball um, played. I don't think um, Kevin O'Connell got outcoached in this game. Bryce, real quick, yeah. I'm, I forgot to look at our scores, like what we the scores we called. Yeah. What was the score of the Chargers Jags game? What was the final score? Yeah, thirty three to thirty. Is that right? I, uh, I I believe so. Because the Jags, or I mean the Chargers, had thirty one thirty. Thirty one thirty. Thirty one thirty. Okay. Yours was forty one twenty three. Your game. Yep. Bills, Dolphins, 34-31. Giants, 31. Vikings, 24. Okay. Bengals, 24-17. So you were closest on the Giants-Vikings. You had 30-20. to 20. Oh, no, you had the Vikings, though. Yeah. I was. I thought I was. I thought it was thirty-three to thirty for the Jags, um, Chargers, and I had thirty-four to thirty-one, but it was thirty-one to thirty. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Close enough. Yep. Um. Charlie, I. You know, we can talk about. Uh, let's talk about the fourth down play. Let's 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 not beat around the bush here. Jet like Vikings are obviously down. It's thirty-four twenty-one. Vikings need to go down and score a touchdown in order to tie the game. Fourth and eight. Kirk Cousins dropped back. And he throws a three-yard out route to the sideline to Hawkinson, who's already covered. Hawkinson catches the ball, goes out of bounds. Obviously, well, well, well short of the He was first tackled game. out of bounds, yeah. Can you explain it? Well, yeah. I think um, Dexter Lawrence was an absolute machine and just being in that just a terror and all game he was just destroying that interior offensive line getting to Kirk Cousins right away and I think Kirk Cousins thought at that moment was and I think Dexter Lawrence was bearing down on him take the sack or get it to a playmaker yeah and he didn't have time to get it downfield I mean that's that's kind of how I thought of it I would it's a shame because it, from not, what I've seen, if he would, it seemed like Justin Jefferson was on an in-breaking route, and I did watch the play over and over. And Kirk Cousins, by the time Justin Jefferson had made his in-breaking, by the time he had cut in to the middle of the field, Kirk Cousins was already in motion to throw to the out route. But I, I agree with you, and I see that's like that's Kirk Cousins, right? He's going to make the safe throw and just going to take the safe chance. Any other quarterback, you got to throw it to the sticks, right? You got to at least throw it around the first down and let it go from there. But it just seemed like 
he is so well short of it, and he was also well covered that there was no chance he broke that tackle. And I know that's what Kirk Cousins probably was thinking. I do but. think that Xavier McKinney was off <clears throat> was off him by about five yards. He wasn't right on top of him, but I mean, by the time he caught the ball, he was pretty much right on top of him. Yeah, and on top of the sideline. So I think that Kirk was like, "All right, maybe he's got enough separation that he can try to make a play." Couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, I somewhat understand. I mean, it was better than taking a sack. Give someone an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I, I understand that part. I'm not trying to give Kirk Cousins too much credit, but that was a better alternative than taking a sack. That's all. That's all I can say about it. Fair enough. I mean, is it a better alternative than throwing it deep and possibly having an interception? Probably not. I mean, I, you give someone a shot downfield. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All right. Well, I know we've talked about kind of the Giants already with your good week with Danny Dimes. He played really well, and we'll have more to talk about the Giants. Saquon played really with well, With this too. upcoming week, he did. Um, but, Charlie, I just want to go ahead. Justin Jefferson is, oh, like, he is eligible for uh, his biggest contract extension. So I want you to go ahead and predict for me how many years, what's the annual per year, and obviously keep in mind that whatever Justin Jefferson gets paid, Jamar Chase is going to the Bengals next year and saying, yo, I want more. I need to see Devontae's numbers. Devontae. Devontae Adams. I need to see what his contract is in order to make a – but Justin Jefferson will be the highest paid wide receiver. I'm not going to say the highest paid non-quarterback because that'll be Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa will be the highest paid non-quarterback at the end of the season. You think so? Yeah. You got Without money. You got money for it. And we've been saving money and making moves so that we can we can do that. But Justin Jefferson will be the highest paid wide receiver. Are you looking up Devonte right now? I am. Okay. Um. But Justin Jefferson will deserve. Average, average for Devontae, five-year, 140 mil, average is 28 per year. Total guarantees is 65 mil. So I'm saying five years, um, 160 million, so that would average 32 million a year. (laughs) Oh, man, the Bengals are so screwed. T. Higgins is going to be a free agent because you know they're going to keep Jamar. Yeah. They're going to keep Jamar. T. Higgins is going to walk. He's going to go somewhere. He's going to be productive because he's still got to pay Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. You got to pay Joe Burrow. Yep. Got to pay Joe. All right. Let's Joe, move on. And Joe is up this year. Yeah, exactly. And, and Jamar's up next year. Yeah. So, and T. Higgins, I think, is up this year as well, isn't he? Because he, he came out the year before. So, I think this is his contract year as well with Joe. Isn't it? Or has he got one more year? Because no, he, no, no. he was a second, he was only before a, Jamar Chase, but I, he right. But he's only years. a second or he, he was be, a second or third round. He so could his be on his fifth year long. option right now. Possibly, uh, we'll have to look into that. Okay, but they they're gonna lose one of them. There's no you way they keep so. both. You would think so. All right, let's move on here. Ravens Bengals, uh, another really good game. You know, typical AFC North matchup here ends up twenty four seventeen. Um, Charlie, I think we're kind of getting used to the idea of if there was going to be a defensive touchdown in this game, 
we're getting used to the idea that it's now going to be the Bengals making that play and not the Ravens. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to go into here, especially when we start talking about Lamar. So I want to make the point that you had kind of brought up earlier about Greg Roman, and then I said, "Well, you could argue there was a coaching decision that lost them this game." J.K. Dobbins was shredding. Mm-hmm. The Bengals. Why do the quarterback sneak there? Give it to J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, I agree. I, I, and J, even J.K. said the same thing after the game. It was like, why? Why didn't I get? Yeah. Why didn't I get the chance? It's like it's like telling Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl, no, we're not going to run you from the one yard line right. to go win the Super Bowl. Yep. We're going to call a pass play at the one yard line. Um, and like if they score that touchdown, who knows what happens? Right? They tie the game. Or they go up at they that point. Up. They would yeah, go that would up. Be the go-ahead touchdown. And it, the Bengals didn't really have a whole lot of answers for them at that point. So I don't know. I, I I don't really know. I was disappointed by the Bengals play. I gotta say, like yeah, I was it, expecting a lot more. Now last week too, though, and this is where I think the Bengals had the worst hand of all these teams because they literally had just played the Ravens last week. Of all of these other divisional foes, no one had just played the same divisional foe last week. Maybe the last two weeks, but literally not the last week. So I understand there's like the Bengals, you know, it's the AFC North and like you got to give them credit. And the Bengals were playing a a tough game there, but, and they lose Jonah Williams, their starting left tackle. That's tough, Charlie. He, um, he's starting right tackle. Dislocated kneecap is not ruled out. That I have a hard time ruling him in. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> unless they make it all the way, I just I don't I don't know that I see it. Um, so that's you know we're the Bengals offensive line had been much improved this year. That's a that's a tough loss. Uh, yeah, I if yeah I'd be a little worried if I'm Joe. Be a little worried at this point. Yep. Uh, they, they're they're kind of dropping like not dropping like flies, but they're losing some key guys here. Yep. Um, you know, Charlie, like I said, I don't don't really know. It was a hell of a play by um, Hendrickson. No, Sam Hubbard to yep. to snag the ball and take it all the way back uh, for the touchdown to go win this game. Uh, and then, of course, Charlie, all the Ravens players talk about how if they had had Lamar, he would have been there. Some some curious things. One other thing about that play was the egregious block in the back on Mark Andrews. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which... You, you think it was egregious? No, come on. No. Yeah, go watch it. No, go I already it. have. I, no, no. It was no. egregious as hell. No, no shot. He initiated him side by side. And, and it doesn't mean you can go shove him in the back right after that. I, I think it looked they, worse than what it did. It was a block in the back. No, like, it was no. a very he, obvious block in the back. In my opinion, he... look at it. Dude. I have looked at it a million times, and I agree with half of the Twitter world that says it was not a block in the back because when he first initiated the contact, it was side by side. And then now, they and released. Then they, yes. And then he and went he back had and his, shoved him in the back. It looked Again, I think it looked... I think Mark Andrews was starting to stumble at that point, so the optics of it looked worse than the actual play. In my opinion, I don't think it makes a difference. I don't think it made that much of a difference. I don't think... It, the Bengals I, would have had the ball on the 40-yard I line. Don't, well, again, I don't know that Sam... 
Hubbard gets tackled there. I think he could have stumbled in at that point. But I also think that the Bengals probably would have still scored at that point. I'm not saying, I know there's a lot of what ifs there, but I just, I don't see it as egregious as you do. It was egregious as hell. And everyone that, well, everyone that I've listened to is so perplexed by how the ref didn't see it. Another terrible call by the referee, Charlie. Yeah, it's it's just been. It seemed to be like they've gotten down the expedited calls, the expedited replays. But again, this is another call that it was like, all right, we're not calling this. Okay, what the hell is going on here? Right. Like, like in the most obvious times where it felt like whether you believe that should have been a block in the back or not, it felt like that's a time when the referees typically would throw the flag yeah. and at least have a conversation about it. Right. Like the like the false start in the Jaguars game? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Yep. It's like, well, damn, does Rogers got... Ro- Roger Goodell got money on the Bengals? I mean, what the... Yeah. What is... Like, it just seems like... And I know we talked about the Rams-Seahawks thing a little bit too, um, but it's just like, I smell shit. You yeah. know what I mean? There, yeah. There's like, I smell some shit here. I'll be really curious to see what crew. I just want to let everyone know Super right before Bryce said, I smell shit. Yeah, he licked, he yeah. licked his finger yeah. feeling for the there. wind mm-hmm. and then said he smelled shit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, shit's he, in the air. He's got, he's got it. I got it down. Yeah. Yeah. It's something it's, like that. Yeah. I got it down. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the wind, and you know what? I smell shit. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chuck. Uh, the last <laughs> game we've kind of we've we've talked a lot about here: Cowboys, Buccaneers. Oh, Ravens moving forward. I think main question is: is Lamar a Raven or is he not? And Do you I agree. Think, um, I think one question they need to get healthy question, within that question is: Will Lamar come back if Greg Roman is there? I think there could be. A moving on of Greg Roman. There should be a moving on from Greg Roman. Also, if they place the tag on Lamar, what type of franchise tag is it? Because if it's non-exclusive, a team could technically go give up draft picks and go sign Lamar to a long-term deal. I think Lamar will get got if he gets tagged because he represents himself. And there are people... I mean, I'm not saying anything about his intelligence. Yeah. But there are people smarter than him making this deal for the Ravens. I just think it's hard to negotiate in this instance, especially when history shows you've had injuries and cannot stay healthy through even 16-game season and now a 17-game season that you're not able to be on the field for all 17 games. That typically doesn't help your negotiation skills. Nope. Sure doesn't. Um, especially when you start asking for $200 million guarantee. Right. Uh, you know, I'm not a genius, but the math doesn't add up there. All right, let's move on. Cowboys box. I know we've kind of already talked about this. Um, Dak played well. Charlie, I want to talk about the Buccaneers moving forward here, and then we can kind of move forward here. Do you see Tom Brady back in Tampa Bay next year? And what the fuck do the Bucks do moving forward, whether Tom is on the team or not on the team? Um, no, I do not see Tom Brady back with the Bucks next year. Sounded do you see like Tom Brady in the league next year? Yes. Okay. Um, and But it did sound like 
in his post-game press conference, it was a farewell to the Tampa Bay media, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. It's possible he's not in the league next year. It's possible he retires. But I do think that he will play again. Somewhere. Somewhere. Someone's going to want him. Whether it's to sell tickets or because they think they've got a, they're a quarterback away from being a championship team. Number one destination, where do you think he ends up? If you had to say one team, one team only, where does he go? I'll t- you tell me I, your team, I th- I'll tell you where he, I think he ends up. I kind of think the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think the Raiders want to sell tickets. They are desperate for more cash flow. And I think they know Tom Brady would give them that. They need to repay for that state. I mean, Mark Davis is really, he is not a rich owner at this point with the whole transition and everything, the new stadium. Like, they need to sell jerseys. They need to sell tickets. And go get the goat, and you'll probably be able to do that. Yep. So I agree. So we both agree on the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's going to be a, a Oakland Raider, or Las Vegas Raider, I should say. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else here about that game, Charlie Cowboys Bucks? Yeah. Um, I when I picked the Bucks to win, I forgot that the Bucks were just a bad football team. Yeah, I that I, did not belong in the playoffs. I agree. That, well, because the Panthers made them look like a phenomenal team. Right, and so we all got bamboozled essentially yeah. into believing that they were elite again. Um, they are not, mm. uh, and I think, in your opinion, Charlie, quickly, what do you think happens to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if Tom Brady is no longer there? They obviously damn are now near, in search of a new offensive coordinator. Do damn, you think damn near a rebuild? I think they could be in the market for one of these veteran quarterbacks, a Jimmy G. A Derek Carr, something like that. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up swapping Brady for Carr. I know Brady's, I think Brady's a UFA, isn't he? So that yeah. may not be possible. So never mind. But still wouldn't be surprised. Yep. And hit the reset button. Yep. All right, bud. Well, that wraps it up for last week's games. The listeners, Charlie, went three and three. How did the rest of us do? Bryce, you went three and three, and I went five and one. All right, I went four and two in my bracket for whatever it's worth. It's not worth much. <laughs> All right, Chuck, let's go into this week's games. Are you ready? I'm ready. Saturday, we have two games. First game on Saturday starts at four thirty. Jaguars at the Chiefs. Kansas City is favored. By eight and a half points, Charlie. Eight and a half. I don't like that spread. I, I'm i not a huge fan of it either. I could, Although that doesn't mean I can't see the Chiefs getting up by that amount. I don't love it to begin with. I'll be curious to see what Chiefs defense shows up to the game. That, to me, is the biggest X factor here. Charlie, my love is going to be Patrick Mahomes. My hate is going to be Zay Jones. I do think the Jaguars will relatively keep this thing close just because I am not sure which Chiefs defense will show up. But I do think, I don't know the status of Frank Clark, but I think Chris Jones has a huge impact on this game. Like all year he has. Um, My love is Trevor Lawrence and Patrick Mahomes. Mm. I think both quarterbacks are a very solid option in fantasy this week. I hate Pacheco. Um, 
only because I think it's gonna they're gonna need to pass the ball. I think they did a the Jaguars did a pretty damn good job on Eckler. Eckler got a touchdown, but like he was really limited. Overall, he was limited. Yeah. Um, So I think that it's gonna be like Jet McKinnon getting the passes. Mm -hmm. Um, dude, I really think the Jags have a chance to. To don't you dare say the win. They have a chance to win this. They absolutely have a chance to win this game. You really think so? Yeah, I do. I do. I really think they have a chance to win this game. I I think the Jags will find a way to keep it close, but I think the Chiefs dominate this game for the most part from start to finish. I don't think they will dominate it. I really don't. I don't think their defense is good enough. I think this game feels a lot like Titan or sorry, if Giants the, Vikings this. last week. If the Jags play the way they did in the second half all game, does that not give them a chance to win this game? Probably, but again, what what Chiefs defense is going to show up? We well, don't. The we same don't fucking defense know. we see every week, which is mediocre at best. Again, the and Chiefs defense. Finds- defense. I mean, look, and the Jags defense is somewhat mediocre too. But I would trust the Jags defense a little more than I trust the Chiefs defense. Now, we're talking about. I disagree on that. I I would trust the Jags defense more than I trust the Chiefs defense. However. This is a much different offense. This is a much different offense this t- defense is going to go against. But I really do think that the Jags will have a chance. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Um, you said you think it's going to be they're going to keep it close. Well, that's a chance to win. Keeping it close is a chance to win, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. And um, I would not be completely shocked if the Jags pull this off somehow. Having said that, I am choosing the Chiefs to win. <laughs> but I, no, I mean, but score? seriously, what's your score? Um, thirty-one twenty-eight. Wow. Okay. I also have the Chiefs. Um, but Charlie, I'm gonna say Chiefs win thirty-three to twenty. Well, no, 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 it'll be close to that. I'll say 33-24. It'll love that. I I was somewhere between 24 and 26, but I'll give the Kansas City the eight-point spread. All right. All right. Let's move on. Giants-Eagles. Another going-to-be-heated battle. Charlie, I know we both talked about it. I'm sketched out by Jalen Hurts. And I know Don Martindale is going to come into this thing having a hell of a game plan. Whether they can execute that game plan is will remain to be seen until Saturday. But this is the second game on Saturday. This is an 8 o'clock start, 8.15 I believe it is. Philly's favored by 7.5 points. Charlie, who is your love-hate? Well, let me just dive in a little bit more on what you said. First of all, Philly played the Giants last week of the season. Giants rested their starters. Philly played their starters. And I don't think it's going to look the same. I do think Jalen Hurts will be healthier two weeks later with mm-hmm. rest. Yeah. Um. But he has an injury that hurts. Uh-huh. And it hurt him a lot during that game. On his throwing shoulder. On his throwing shoulder. Um. And... He, 
I still don't think he's going to be himself as far as running the ball. And if he is, if he tries to be and gets one hit, I would almost say that the Giants might take a penalty on a slide mm-hmm. to give him one good hit mm-hmm. and really make him think about it. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I know that's that's borderline bounty shit, well, but... He already talked about it. That's Jalen's come out and said he knows there's a bounty on his head this week. So, and you know what? The Giants are not scared of this team. Um, Philly statistically is better at pretty much every single category. Mm-hmm. But this is a different Giants team. And if Dino Dong can play the way he did now, this is a much, much better defense than the Vikings. So let's not get lost. Yeah. But, th- I I mean, I think that being a divisional foe, they know this team very well, and they knew how to play against them with their backups. Dexter Lawrence, I think, is going to wreak havoc, even though it's against Jason Kelsey, one of the best centers in the league. I think um, this is going to be a very interesting game. And we don't know about Lane Johnson for the Eagles. Correct. It yeah. sounds like he was going to play, though. It. I bet he he probably will find a way to play. Yeah. But then Thibodeau against, um, or Thibodeau or however he says it, against Lane Johnson with maybe not a 100% Lane Johnson. I mean, I, that's a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. This will be an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I'm really curious to see how... Um, this is going to be a running game. Lots of running. You think, think so? Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's going to be a pass-heavy game. Just because I don't see... I see both teams wanting to come out and eliminate the each team's rushing game. I think because of that, the quarterbacks will have a large part rushing-wise on how this game is played out. I agree with you. I think when the Giants go after Hurts, they're going to say any chance you can get to just pop them, even if you don't take them to the ground, to just give them a little hit, I think they're going to take advantage of that. Yep. How Jalen responds to that, we will see. Um, we kind of saw Jalen's weakness last year of pushing him out of the pocket to the left so that he has to turn his hips and his shoulders and roll out to the left-hand side. I think Don will try and do his best to kind of mimic that as well. Um, Whether they're able to do that all game long, like I said, I think both quarterbacks will need to run the ball and run it effectively. Now, I am going to say that Jalen is going to be smart about this and either A, get out of bounds, or B, take a slide because he knows he can't take many hits in order to sustain health on that shoulder you know, moving forward, even into next round, barring a win here. Um, but I do think the Eagles are more talented across the board here. Charlie, my love is going to be Devonte Smith. He has had solid games against the giants. And I think he is the number one look for Jalen. When Jalen starts scrambling, AJ is going to go deep. Devonte normally is a little more shallow and finds the zones or gaps in the zones. My hate is going to be Miles Sanders. I don't know who to trust here in the Philly backfield. Like I said, I think a large majority of the rushing game will come from the quarterback position on both teams. So I hate Miles Sanders. Charlie, who's your game pick? I love Saquon. I hate Miles Sanders as well. Um, 
I, I'm trying to remember what I did in my bracket, but I don't think I went this way. But I think I've got the Giants in this one. Really? Yeah, I think I, I really th- think I see the Giants winning this one. What's the score? Mm. 24-23. Wow. Okay. I have the Eagles winning this game. Similar score, three-point game, 24-21, Philly. I think Philly's D will be what wins them this game. I think Philly's D will be in whatever shape, form, whether it's a stop, stop, multiple stops, sacks, whatever. I think Philly's D understands that they are the ones who can go out and go win this game. All right, let's move on here. We're moving on to Sunday's game, Charlie. Sunday's two games. First game is essentially... A rematch that we didn't really get to see, unfortunately, because of the DeMar Hamlin injury. Bengals at the Bills, so we switched the site. Before we get into the game, I guess this is appropriate time for DeMar Hamlin update. He's been in the facility every day this week, and he's starting to get into a routine. I think it's like baby steps, but he's there, been there every day. I would imagine he'll probably be on the sidelines for this game. I would think so. I would imagine he'll probably be on the sidelines. He might even be at the a captain for the coin toss. But I think the Bills are going to kind of not pay tribute because he's not gone or anything. But, like, yeah. they will honor him in this game for sure. Yep. Um, so I think it'll be a little emotional for both teams to start this game. Absolutely. Buffalo is favored by five and a half points. Charlie, wow. who is your love-hate? I know, right? That seems a little high to me. I would I would have said Buffalo by three and a half, maybe four. Five and a half seems seems a little high. But it is Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday, so that could fluctuate a little bit by Sunday. Yep. But Charlie, who is your love hate? Love Joe Burrow, hate Devin Singletary. Who's yours? My love is T. Higgins. My hate is Gabe Davis. Charlie, who is your game pick and what is your score? I felt a lot better about this <clears throat> game pick. Before I saw the Bengals Ravens game, mm-hmm. but I'm still gonna stick with the Bengals in this one. Okay, Gant, your score? Um, thirty thirty-eight thirty-five. Wow! Wow! Okay. Um, I want to say the Bengals. Because ever since you said your Super Bowl matchup, I've really I've really put a lot of thought on that, and I really like it. Only because I really like the Bengals' defense more than I like the Bills' defense at this point. I don't remember if Jordan Poyer played last game, but I imagine that if he didn't play last game, he's got to come in either this game or the next game, but this this is not a guaranteed win. I mean, you're talking about playing. You're playing the AFC champion from last year, so if you're the Bills, you got to go all in on this game. And I know you got another game to play here if you win, but you got to. You need to win this game. Like, and I know that sounds common sense, but like, you can't hold anything back here. So whether it's playing the Demar emotional card to give you a round of support, 
pulling out a couple trick plays, going for it on fourth downs. But, like, you're going to need to kind of manufacture this win because the Bengals are not going to go away, and they're not going to go away easy. And I think the Bengals' defense is better than the Bills right now. With that being said, I'm going to stick with my Super Bowl matchup. Therefore, I am going to stick with the Bills. Bills win 33-31. Now, one thing that I remembered after saying that, and I, I would remind myself this week, last year, the Bengals on the way to the Super Bowl, every single game was close. They Very close. Barely, based on a bad call, beat the Raiders in the wild card. Yeah. So... That's just how they play playoff football. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I think it's going to be close. 33-31 is my pick. I, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, a two-to-one point game. Like, I think it Jacksonville Chargers could be 31-30, something like that. Uh, I wouldn't give it more than two points, though. Five and a half seems way too big of a spread. Yep. All right, Charlie, let's go on to the last game of the weekend, which should be the most exciting matchup. Cowboys at the Niners. Niners are favored by four points. That seems a little low in my opinion. Same. Charlie, I'll let you go first. Who is your love-hate? Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. Both your loves? Yeah. Okay, who's your hate? Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm handcuffing both my love and my hate. Yeah, okay. I love... BCB, I just think he's, Cock, baby. he's just going to he's just going to continue his production moving forward. The Yak Boys are back. Brock will be the recipient of the Yak. My hate's going to be Zeke. I think Tony, we saw it a little bit in Cowboys Bucks. Zeke is inefficient, although he's a pounder. He's inefficient. Pollard is the better running back, so therefore I hate Zeke. You know, I know, you guys are going to stop the run no matter what. So, I used to say, like, when I would have a love-hate and it would be this handcuff, the Cowboys, I used to say Zeke and Pollard. But now I'm saying Pollard and Zeke because Tony Pollard needs to be the bell cow now. And I think they are realizing that. Yeah. Having said that, um, we stopped the run well. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, they were not great running the ball against the Bucks, they did well, but they did not do great. Um, Dallas has a pretty – now, I know this doesn't count again. Well, Cowboys fans will say, well, look what we just did to the Bucks." The Bucks haven't run the ball all year, but the Cowboys cannot stop the run. <clears throat> they have given up over 200 rushing yards four times this year. Mm. And uh, – I don't know if you knew this, but we're pretty damn good at running the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do um, know that. So, I love CMC and Eli Mitch. Um, Dallas, you played a, a team with a losing record last week. I'm not trying to take anything away from your win, but you're playing a football team this week. A hell of a football team. and Arguably the best football team. Arguably, yes. And I, I it's it's going to be um, it's going to be a little different. 
It's going to be a different uh, feel for y'all. I've got 49ers. Score? Um, I'm going to go 31-24. Hmm. Okay. I, in my opinion, the best thing about the Cowboys is their defense. I think Kyle Shanahan neutralizes that defense with play action fakes, with the bootlegs. He's going to neutralize that that pass rush in one way or another. And I don't know how effective they will be at getting to BCB and making plays that way. I I don't know how effective the Cowboys defense will be in this game. And that, to me, is what has gotten the Cowboys to this point. Therefore, I like the Niners, and I like the Niners big. I like the Niners 38 to 20. I don't, I, I just see Nick Bosa getting after Dak. I think the Niners defense will absolutely, I, I don't know how well, I, I can't personally trust Dak, but Dak played really well against a zone defense last week, and that is traditionally what the Niners play, which is a zone defense. Yes. I just think I'm, I'm going to give the Niners credit for the uh, the great team that they are. I don't know how well Dak plays in this game after seeing a bunch of zone again. I just I'm gonna I would like to think that D'Amico Ryan's is going to have some things dialed up. And Nick Bosa is going to have a large part in this game. I don't know how many points the Cowboys score, and I don't know if I can truly trust Dak because I agree with you. I think the Cowboys did a great job of exposing the Buccaneers for who they were, and that was a bad football team. Yes. The Niners are not a bad football team. They're a damn good football team. They are. I like the Niners 38-20. to They go marching. Into the NFC Championship game. Let's Charlie. fucking do it. Marching. Let's do it. So, Charlie, that wraps up our games. Charlie, are you ready for daily advice of the week? I am. Smooth jazz. Let's hit it. Smooth jazz. All right, Charlie. Let's slow it down like a couple notches. <laughs> Let the moonlight soak upon you like a bullfrog sitting in a pond. Like a bullfrog in a pond, baby. Like a bullfrog, a male bullfrog sitting in his pond, Charlie. <laughs> Croaking away, having a day. <laughs> Nate, if you listen, I know you'll appreciate that one. Nate and Austin appreciate that one. All right, Charlie. We're going to start out nice and smooth like, just like a big old bullfrog. This guy's got a big old hammer. That is the one. That is the only. That is the BCB, Mr. Brock Purdy. At only, only (laughs) $5,400. Charlie, you know I love a value when I can find one. I shop at Costco for this exact same reason. And just like Costco, Brock Purdy, you're going to get the discounted price, but you're going to get an abundance of points. That's what I'm talking about. Brock Purdy's going to have a hell of a day because the Yak Boys are buzzing. Buzzing. 
Brock Purdy, $5,400. Start him up. Lily, I know you're listening. My running oh, yeah. back for shout the week. Shout out to Lily for winning. Uh, shout out to Lily for li- for for listening a to my to the advice, but also having a hell of a lineup. You crushed it. Congratulations. Beat me by point three points. Yeah. Hey, listen, a win's crushed. a win, right? Yep, that's right. All right, Charlie, my running back of the week. Say what you want, but this guy only scores touchdowns. I'm talking about the one, the only, the Jarek McKinnon. At only $6,000, Charlie, you know you can already pencil him in for a receiving touchdown. How many receiving yards or how many receptions he has is the only thing that you will have to figure out. But you know he's going to catch a ball and he's going to get in the end zone by catching that ball. So you got to start him up when there's a lot of running backs here that are... Again, value based off production is hard this week for running backs. Charlie, I love Jarek McKinnon here as my running back for the week. Charlie, I'm going to give you two wide receivers here. And the first one, you won't believe the price. After going for 133 scrimmage yards last week, Debo Samuel is only $5,900. Charlie, in my opinion, he is a must start. I don't care what you do elsewise. But if you have three wide receiver positions open, if you have a flex position open, you need to put Demo Samuel in your lineup. What you do with Christian McCaffrey, what you do with Elijah Mitchell, what you do with Greg uh, Greg slash George slash Kittle, what you do with Brandon Ayuk, I don't give a shit. But there's one guy from the Niners that you better start this week, and that's Debo Samuel at only $5,900. If you don't start him up, you're obviously not listening to this segment. Can't help you. Charlie, my other wide receiver of the week. I know we talked about it before. Sneaky good play. Could be a little borderline based on his value here. Devontae Smith, $7,200. Although that seems like a higher price, especially when you compare him to someone like T. Higgins, who could very well outproduce Devontae Smith. I talked about it when we talked about Giants-Eagles. I do think... Devontae Smith is primed to have a big game here against the Giants. He's done so in the last two matchups, and it just seems like when Jalen exits the pocket, he's not looking for A.J. Brown. He's not looking for Quez Watkins. It's always Devontae Smith. And I think a lot of this game in the Giants-Eagles is going to be Jalen Hurts exiting the pocket and doing a little more scramble drill. He has that connection with Devontae Smith. I would not be surprised if Devontae Smith has six or more receptions in the game. So, whether you want to compare him to T. Higgins or not, I could absolutely understand that. But I like Devontae Smith in this game here. Charlie, my tight end of the week, $4,300. It's got to be Evan Ingram. Okay, Greg slash George kind of bit us a little bit last week with his price. You could very well pay up $7,100 and go get Travis Kelsey. You're more than welcome to do that. You are not, I would not blame you, but you guys know me. I shop at Costco for a reason. I go to Aldi for a reason. I like value for the price tag. I just think going against a Chiefs defense that is absolutely susceptible to give up points everywhere and anywhere, Evan Ingram clearly is a major target in this offense. I like the point production based off of his price tag. 
Lastly, Charlie, I'm going to wrap this thing up here with the Bengals defense at only 2,400 points. I know there's going to be a lot of points scored here, but I do think the Bengals could get interceptions and sacks on Josh Allen. We've seen Josh Allen have some fumble issues. We've seen the running backs have fumble issues. We've seen Josh Allen give up interceptions almost every single game. I like the Bengals on return. I know there's going to be a lot of points here, but you guys know me. I will not spend up for a defense. It's just a matter of how many points can you truly get based off the value of what you're spending. Bengals defense is the way I'm going this week. Charlie, that is my lineup of the week. I know I won third how much, place. How much was the Bengals defense? At $2,400. They are right. the second cheapest defense of the week. They're actually even cheaper than the Bills' defense, which to me should be opposite. I agree. So, Charlie, I got snake bitten a little bit by a couple guys last week. Richie James, all right, George Kittle, all right, guys like that. But I did nail some picks, and I was relatively close to you and Lily as the top dogs. Listen to me or not, but I like this play for this week. I like it too. Uh, I want to throw one out there. Um only because I'm slightly biased, but Brandon Ayuk dropped that touchdown pass to uh, from Big Cock Brock, and uh, he said, I owe you one, and I believe it, and I believe he'll get him one. Ayuk? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> there's that. Um, luckily, you don't have to draft a kicker in DraftKings. The damn sure say, wouldn't be Brett Maher. I would say yeah. stay away from Brett Maher. I had the, the Cowboys getting 24 points. I don't know if that's four touchdowns, no extra points, or three touchdowns with extra points and yeah. a field goal. I, yeah. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, again, riveting TV watching him kick this this week. So, um, Bryce. Charlie, last but not least. Not least at all. Let's do the best segment in podcasting. Let's do it. Charlie. Bryce. What's chapping your ass? Bryce, what's giving you the red ass this week? Charlie, what's giving me the red ass this week is the weather down here in North Kakalaki. Mm. It's been hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, rainy, rainy, cold, rainy, hot, rainy, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. I'm sick and tired of it. Pick one and let's fucking go from there. All right, but I can't do tomorrow's supposed to be seventy three, Charlie. I know. Seventy three. I'm outside like now, I, so. I I spend more time thinking about what I'm going to wear the following day than I should in any other any other atmosphere. Cause when I go into work, the days that it's cold, it's hot. The days that it's hot, it's too cold, or the opposite. The days that it's hot outside, it's hot in the building. Days that it's cold outside, it's still too cold. They can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. I'm a freaking mess. I'm sweating all the time in school and in class at work. It's just, it's a mess. Figure it out. Let's just stick with one and go from there. Yeah. What he said. The weather. Chap my ass, Charlie. Yeah. Um, well, chap my ass this week is, is, excuse me, the Cowboys media coverage. Oh. Because, so Tuesday, I listen to all, you know, I listen every day, but I listen to my, radio shows and I, at this point I kind of sound like I, I'm talking about like my soap operas when I talk about my NFL radio shows but listen to my radio shows and I want to hear about the matchups coming up now that we know the Niners are playing the Cowboys 
But it's just talk about the Cowboys. It's just talk about the Cowboys. Just praising them, praising them, praising them. Occasionally we'll get someone that's like, well, let's not forget they beat a bad team. Um, but it just has been chapping my ass. Mm. Um, and then also that, you know, there's a lot of, they feel like they're not doing the Cowboys enough justice because they're talking about Tom Brady. So then they talk more about the Cowboys. It's like, oh, and another thing that's chapping my ass is the Cowboys are complaining about the scheduling. Yeah. It's like, you, all right, yeah, no, the they, Mon- they do have, they have well, listen, somewhat listen, they, of a point. Okay, well, they were chosen for, to play the Monday night game. And the following week, they're playing the latest fucking game possible. True. So True. what? what is your gripe? If you played Saturday... But you st- they still have 24 less hours than what you guys have. Well, you know what? Maybe. Well, we if at the, as the two seed, we used to get a whole week off. True. So maybe we deserve at least a little bit of extra... Oh. I agree. I agree. So, I'm just I'm just telling you that I understand if, their perspective. If the Cowboys played on Monday and then they had to turn around and play Saturday, I understand that gripe. Yeah. But no, you were given the last slot. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. You landed where you did in the seating. Um, they put you on Monday night because, hey, they think you're must watch TV. And guess what? Brett Maher made y'all must watch TV. <laughs> so uh, don't don't complain about it. You're p- playing in the last slot. Yeah, the Niners get, but it's not like we get an extra day of game planning. We get an extra day of rest. Yeah, it's not like we knew who we were playing. In fact, we got a day less of game planning because we had to play the Monday night team. Yeah. Whereas other teams, you know, they knew after Sunday who they were playing, but. That's what was chatting my ass this week. Cowboys media coverage. And what I'm gonna if if the Niners win, it's gonna be talk about how the Cowboys lost. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be talk about the Niners winning. If the Niners lose, I mean, the Niners will be completely forgotten about and it'll just be the Cowboys. I I mean, which, you know, if they win, then they should get talked about. But yeah. It it was just frustrating as hell to me. I wanted to hear about the matchup, and all I could hear about was the freaking. Uh, they're just talked about constantly. Yeah. And I just, and I know even if we, even if we were to give them a serious beatdown this weekend, it's not going to be able. To, it's not going to shut up the media about the Cowboys. Yeah. But man, I hope we can do something to shut them up. That's all I got, Bryce. Let's wrap this thing up. Charlie, let's do it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, keep in touch with the brackets. Make sure you're checking the leaderboards. Oh, There's yeah, we had 28 brackets, and we've only got three, three perfect, perfect brackets, brackets left. left. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, Please play daily. I know I, I don't want it to seem like we're trying to take your money. I promise it, it is easier now that there are less teams. It does not take you – uh, I'm just telling you, if you're a newbie, you can go in and you can have a really good lineup without having a huge extent of knowledge in the daily lineup atmosphere. I'm telling you, don't be afraid to play. Now is the time to play, whether you play in ours or in a different one. We just want you guys to get engaged in daily because it is a awesome fantasy output when we are done with our season-long leagues. So, 
stay tuned to that. We'll put that link out there on our social media. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks, guys. This has been the Unsolicited Advice Podcast. Don't forget to please like, rate, and subscribe. And check us out on Instagram at un.solicitedadvice underscore. Until next time, bet the over.